remember trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's time Hello again everybody and welcome back to Random Discard I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is Rich Rich, how are you tonight? Doing well, thank you That is good to hear Hey, winter, winter's here I don't know if you know that I do know that, but uh, I mean, it's not quite the season winter. Yes, I'm, 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 I'm aware of that. But, but it snowed today. Oh, we didn't get snow yet. Yeah, we got snow. It was kind of surprising. I expected a little bit of maybe freezing drizzle, maybe a few flakes, but no, no, it's actually like sticking in uh, trees, cars, you know, anything that cools down fast. So that was a surprise. Did not yeah. expect that. But hey, that's that's great. Uh, you know, it's, we're headed towards winter now. Temperatures are getting cooler. Uh, nights are getting longer. Seems like the perfect time to settle in and have some quality time with a video game or two. You know, that's what it feels like to me. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. So, hey, what's, uh, what's your video game of choice these days when you're not recording? What are you playing? Um, are you looking for something outside of League? Uh, no, no. League's fine. Yeah. We could talk about League. I play a lot. I play. I play mostly League. Um, Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse Two just came out. As I've been playing on that. Um, just I'm pretty much waiting for um, November because then we're gonna get hit with Pokemon Sun and Moon and Final Fantasy Fifteen. Ah, okay. So the Pokemans. Uh, we we had a whole episode about the Pokemans. I know you're a big fan, but I did not I know. Did not know you were a Final Fantasy guy. Oh, I love Final Fantasy. Best games ever. Yeah. So t- tell me, tell me about your early experiences with Final Fantasy. Uh, were you like back in the NES era? No, uh, my first experience was seven, uh-huh. which turned me on to eight, and then which caused me to love nine and t- well, I didn't really love nine. Well, nine, I'm indifferent. I'm mixed feelings on, uh-huh. but it caused me to love ten, and then I, by the time ten came around, I got old enough where I could start exploring backwards, and that's what I did. Plus, they started releasing some of the old ones for the um, Nintendo's portable systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the DS, for instance. Yeah, uh, so, so I started getting involved with those. So what about Final Fantasy? We'll come back to uh, League here in a minute, but what about Final Fantasy drew you in? Why? Um, drew me in, What drew me into it initially was that it was an RPG, which I liked, uh-huh. And it was popular. Uh, that it was. Um, but what kept me involved is their incredible storytelling and character development. Ah, okay. So storyline hooks you, is what you're going to say. Oh, that's the main reason I play most video games, watch most movies, read most comic books, is it's about the story for me. Right. So you can forgive slightly clunky gameplay as long as the storyline's compelling? Is that is that safe to say? I can, yes. Okay. N- not always, but I can. Right. I mean, sometimes the sins are so egregious that, yeah, sorry, we're just, mm-hmm. we're done. And that's here. why sometimes a well-playing game where the story ends up turning not great, mm-hmm. or the story ends up being weak, even though it's a, like a strong game overall, yeah. I get up, I'll say it's bad to me. Right, right. Uh, hey, how about, uh, and I, I do want to, I do want to talk a little bit more about Final Fantasy and uh, some of its convoluted elements, which I didn't know we were going to go Final Fantasy, but that's cool. That's absolutely cool. Uh, do you have opinions about Mass Effect? Yeah, overall as a trilogy, love it. Yeah, uh, um, I know we discussed first one. First one had great story. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the characters. I love the you know the choose be good, bad, make your choices. The choices matter so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the combat was for its time. It was good. Yeah. Uh, once I actually got a hold of two, I realized how crappy um, one was. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. And I believe we discussed the whole ending of Mass Effect back on an yes. episode about fan reaction, so we don't we don't need to rehash that right now. But uh, d- did you feel in Mass Effect, did you feel an emotional investment in your character? In other words, was the ability to essentially continue that character from two to th- or one to two and two to three was that really important to you yes it was huge um because not only did my character keep going through as the same character who's who looked the same who sound the same all my choices mattered like i think it was like um because when they ported it they ported mass effect 2 to the playstation because mm-hmm. it was originally all just on the xbox yeah they trying to see, see how i want to say they gave you six big choices to make from what carried over. Right. But to me, that like that just wasn't, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So like for me, it was very much, it felt real because it was my story. It was no one else's story. It was my story. Right. And, and even though intellectually, and this is, this is something that's always seemed really weird to me about Mass Effect. I'm certainly not knocking Mass Effect. I played the first one. I really enjoyed it. I just haven't gotten around to the others. I think I own two and three. I think they're they're in the other room. I just haven't. I've, I've got. I literally have a stack of video games that I have not played. We'll get to that later, as to why I have a stack of video games that I have not played. But uh, it's kind of strange. Your choices feel like your choices, even though someone somewhere already made those choices. If that makes sense, they had to create the like bifurcating diagram the the like web of choices that you could possibly walk down some programmer somewhere else had to make those already Mm -hmm. you're just choosing a path it's like a strangely enough it's a little bit like a choose your own adventure book it is but it's not framed that way right and that's the brilliance of it i think that's the thing that they did so well with those games is they made you feel like these were and you even used the language that these were your choices yeah, and not in that, and it's also coming to the fact that, you know, it's not like the conversations and who you are as a person, all of that fell into it. Right. So you got to sculpt your identity, uh, at right. least in, in some ways. Uh, I mean, even when it's just as basic as, uh, are you a male shepherd or female shepherd? You get to choose that. I was male shepherd. Almost all my friends were femship. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, so let's let's come back to Final Fantasy for a second because I I feel like uh and again, I don't want to criticize the Final Fantasy franchise because I don't like to get hate mail, but uh I feel smart. like they're almost at least the early ones, okay? I don't have a lot of experience with the later Final Fantasy games. But the earlier ones in a way they are the opposite of Mass Effect. There is a preset story that you're going to go down. There's there's a preset route that you have to go down. There are events that must happen to further the game. And, yes. And so, in a sense, you're not really sculpting your own story. You're playing through a story. Yeah, that is that's I mean that's as accurate as you can describe it. And in a way, that that kind of conundrum, that that kind of. Uh, it's like someone else is sending you like there, there's a story and this is this is why I don't understand people who don't think video games are art which I'm sure is not any of our audience because why would they be listening to this podcast but the people who say that it isn't they're telling a story okay a video game is telling a story or a series of stories or interconnected interrelated stories that are somehow you're you're making choices that matter but still the point is there is a story to be told just like a movie a movie has a story to tell but it's passive but with video games, 
the beauty of video games, the magic of video game, is that they make you feel like you're in them. I mean, and I'm not even talking like immersive stuff like, uh, you know, virtual reality or that kind of crap. It's just that you somehow forge an emotional connection with a character in that story. And you follow them and you worry about their trials and tribulations and you want to get through to the conclusion. But there's a story that has, at least the best games have a story that is being told. And uh, particularly, and this this actually leads me to a point that I was going to get to much, much later on. I, man, I, we, I'll be honest, listeners, we didn't really know exactly how this was going to progress. We're just letting it happen organically. Because it, it's, like, it's like we're hanging out, you guys and us. We're, we're just hanging out. Uh, and you're probably screaming at your, your podcast player at some point. Single-player games. And this is my assertion. This is my thesis for this, this particular episode. Single-player games live or die by their story, period. Everything else is... Uh, it, it can help, it can hinder, it, it can make it a... Uh, it can make a good game great, it can make a good game bad, it can even make a bad game eh, okay. Your interface, your UI, your graphics, your voice acting, your music, all of that stuff is important, but it's really secondary to the story. And to make a video game that a single player is going to sit down and play, either repeatedly or at least play all the way through and feel like they've done something that mattered, it's the story. Yeah, it's what it's what it's what you accomplish the accomplishment. I mean, like if you want to, you know, go against player, you know, the campaigns where you don't make all the choices, like a Final Fantasy. It's just, I mean, it's not no really no different than going to a movie. Yeah, but it's an interactive one. You, yeah. you you had to play a part. I mean, let me let me think. What were they called? Uh, there was a series of Star Wars games uh, back on. I think the first one I remember was on the GameCube. That they were. God, the I, I can't remember the name of them. Uh, but there was a, there was a series. Of, there were two or three games in the series that happened, and they really were like an interactive movie. Okay, the the thing that I can liken them best to is uh were you an arcade guy back in the day um a little bit yeah okay did you ever play uh god what was it called you were a knight there was a dragon i'm pretty sure that dragon's in the name someone's screaming it somewhere right now but there were there were two different games that they were a very fluid motion animation style and one was i think called i want to say space ace and the other one was Dragon something. It was a coin-op uh, arcade game. Arcade, Dragon, Space, let's say Ace. Let's see where that gets me. Because the Google will probably get there. Okay, there's Space. Dragon's Lair. That's what it was called. See, I knew I'd get there. Thank you. Thank you, Google. Uh, Dragon's Lair. Did you ever play Dragon's Lair? Probably, but it'd be, I, the arcade was a long time ago. I don't remember all the arcade games I played. So, uh, both Dragon's Lair and Space Ace were really like watching a cartoon. And, I mean, the, the graphics that they had at the time were so far beyond most of the rest of the graphics in the arcade. Most, most everything in the arcade at the time was, uh, essentially, uh, pixel based. Uh, God help you if it was actually, uh, like vector based, i.e., the original, uh, Star Wars game where you flew in the trench with the vector graphics. I, I don't know if you remember that one. But anyway, Space Ace and Dragon's Lair. They were both games where uh, you were you were playing a protagonist uh, who was you know doing stuff, and it was you know wait you, wait 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 you were doing stuff you were doing stuff. It was a video game where you did stuff. You know cutscenes 
in video games where you have to like suddenly press X or suddenly mm-hmm. press Y to like execute moves. It was essentially like that, but all the time. So it was it was like watching a long extended cutscene where you had to suddenly mash the right button at the right time to make your character not die. Uh, and it was it was like a little interactive movie, but the graphics were just so damned good that you couldn't help but be captivated by it. Uh, now, I, it's been so long that I literally don't remember the plot of either of the games or how they actually worked or what happened in them. So I guess maybe that's a testament of how not great they were. I don't know. But I mean, there there have been games along the way that were like that, right? That they're... Uh, how to describe it? They're they're like an interactive movie. And then at the far other end of the spectrum, you have things like, uh, at least in the single-player game space, things like Mass Effect, where your choices really do matter, and it's not just press X to not die. Right. So, anyway, I'm sorry, you just suddenly reminded me of that. What were we talking about? We were talking about Final Fantasy. Yes, okay. So, Final Fantasy. Uh, explain to me in uh let's say let's see how long we've been recording explain to me in 40 minutes or less the overarching storyline of final fantasy if that's possible between all games yeah is there a a recurring theme that unifies them uh i know some of them are sequels to others but basically Um, what's the idea for the most part they're really not sequels to each other um, some people can argument. There's arguments out there otherwise um, that people can make. I I don't make those arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what carries it over is um, most games almost all have a Sid, CID mm-hmm. character. Um, a lot of the creatures are the same. A lot of the summons are the same. Um, the magic's the same. Some of the items are the same. There's these super secret bosses that are generally called weapons that are in most games. Um, that's really the overarching. I mean, honestly, they, they don't connect very much. People can say they do tons, and they they don't. It's that's not very true. I don't think they they don't connect very much. So, in your opinion, then, why are they all Final Fantasy games? Why not Why not change the name? In my opinion, yeah, sells names recognizable. Sure. So to me, it's, we're not oh, a direct sequel. We're not following necessarily the same characters. There's a there's a Final Fantasy framework that has been established. And you kind of mm-hmm. know what you're getting into. Yeah, it's I mean it's marketing. Okay, all right. But so... um, I believe there's uh, another game. I think it's like Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. I believe that's very similar. I don't think they actually um, arch over anything. Like just the kind of concepts and like some of the magic, some some of that stuff generally carries through. Sure, and maybe maybe the mechanics. Like, is it a turn-based combat or is it a non-turn-based combat, that sort of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I've played one of the Dragon Quest games on uh, my DS. I can't remember which one it was. Let's say 4? 7? I, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I think they're... I think, I'm not sure. I think they're like up to 9 is going to be the new one coming out. I don't, I, I don't know if that's accurate. It could be 8. But um, it's very similar aspects. Um, they don't carry everything over. Like, the actual storyline's not, like, direct from anything else. Yeah. So, okay, so for single-player games, I think we agree that storyline is uber, uber important. Uh, can you name, off the top of your head, any single-player games who have totally screwed this up? That have terrible stories? Yeah. My mm-hmm. problem is I keep thinking of ones that were really good and that I really enjoyed. Uh, including yeah. but not limited to the Fallout series, 
like uh, Fallout 3, loved it. Fallout New Vegas, loved it. I guess if you want to look at completely story-wise, I guess I would say uh, Elder Scrolls is not very good story-wise. Hmm. And people can argue with me on that. But honestly, when I hear most people that played Skyrim, yeah. and they tell me that they spent 90 hours in the game and they haven't even touched the story yet, that means the story's not good. <laughs> the story's not compelling if uh, you're not compelled to actually do anything with it. Yeah, I think uh, that's probably fair. Final Fantasy is also not a story I'm huge on. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, not, definitely not my favorite story of anything they've done. Uh, okay, let me ask you this one, because I don't know if you have, but have you played No Man's Sky? I have not played No Man's Sky. Okay, okay. Well, settle in. I'm going to tell you the entire storyline of No Man's Sky. Well, before, is this before you go into your spiel about it? Sure. Um, what I got from No Man's Sky was the, I remember the E3 preview like two years ago. Right. And it was supposed to be like, it was like an indie developer, which somehow it turned into something huge. But it was indie, and it was just showing like this great artwork and traveling around. That's what it was. So it was intriguing. Yeah. And everyone was saying how great it was going to be. And then it was all over Reddit, all over like the things that people were seeing. And then everyone hated it. There might have been some hype. By which I mean, oh my God, was there hype. Um, so I, a former colleague of mine, uh, in a previous life at a different job, a former colleague of mine always said that, uh, disappointment only occurs when, uh, expectations are violated. And I think this is, this is absolutely apropos for, uh, video games. And I think that there were, there were some crazy promises made about No Man's Sky. And I don't think most of those actually were, were fulfilled. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to claim that the game is uh, unfinished. There are people who claim that. Uh, I'm not going to say that the developers owe us anything. I'm not even going to sit here and say that the game was not worth sixty dollars. That's totally up to you. That's a hundred percent subjective for any individual. Uh, do I feel like I got sixty dollars worth of enjoyment out of No Man's Sky? Eh, not really. Uh, but I'm technically not done playing it yet. Uh, so No Man's Sky, the whole shtick, the hook was we have created literally billions of planets that are all procedurally generated. Like, they didn't have an individual designer create every each and every individual planet. They created a parameter space of, like, how big a planet could be, what kind of terrain it could have, what animals might look like, what plants might look like, and then they just let it go with a random number generator and just created all of these planets. And so you wake up on one of them in a spacesuit that hasn't got a lot of power. And you have to craft the things to keep your suit running and craft the things to get your ship running again so that you can then fly from that planet to another planet uh, and then to another planet and then to another planet and then fix your hyperdrive and fly from one star system to another star system and you're working your way through uh, the galaxy. And your goal is to make it to the center of the galaxy. Maybe, I guess, I don't know. When you first wake up, uh, you're, you're kind of told that, that there's this path to the center of the galaxy, and hey, you want to follow this path. Along the way, you discover that uh, you are essentially alone. And here's where, here's where I think some people are, are missing what I see as the point of the game. So I'm an astrophysicist by trade. It's what I do in my not spare time. This is what I do in my spare time. So I'm an astrophysicist by trade. And uh, space, 
is shockingly big, like disturbingly big, like incredibly frickin' lonely is how big space is. You can go forever and never encounter another human being, another, another thinking being. You could go forever and not encounter anything. You could just go off in a random direction and you're probably not going to hit a planet or a star for a long, long time. No Man's Sky, in my opinion, is an incredible, incredible uh, loneliness simulator. It really demonstrates to you just how big and empty the universe is. Because you fly from planet to planet, and each planet that you get to, sure, it's a little bit different than the last. It's not, like, crazy different than the last. But on each and every planet, you land, and you have to find the resources to keep your suit with power, to keep your ship with power, to refuel your hyperdrive, to go to the next planet, where you do it again and again and again, it's like it's some sort of a, of a simulation of the futility of life, while at the same time being a simulation of how incredibly lucky any individual is to still be alive. And so that's the kind of weird metaphysical lesson that I learned while playing uh, No Man's Sky. Is that the lesson they meant to give us? I don't think so. No, I don't think they set out to, to make some sort of a, uh, an angst simulator. I, I don't know. But they promised that it would be this amazing, incredible experience where you'd have uh, creatures you've never before seen. Uh, but here's the problem. Here is the huge problem with No Man's Sky. It's a loneliness simulator being sold to people who, for the most part, and I don't want to make sweeping generalizations about uh, uh, all, all of us gamers, because I include myself in this category. It's a loneliness simulator for people who are lonely. There's There's no... There's no storyline to escape into. There's some vague in the background running storyline because you encounter aliens and they've, I'm not going to say realistically done this, but at least pseudo realistically done this. You encounter aliens and you don't speak their language. And so they literally mutter gibberish at you and you have to cr try and pick up from their body language. Uh, and it gives you a description of what they say. Like he gestures wildly at his, you know, at his suit to indicate something. And then you have to, like, give him something or answer a question or do something. And if you did it right, he reacts well and gives you something. And if you, he reacts poorly, if you made the wrong choice, uh, something not really bad happens, but nothing good happens. And over time, you start to learn a few words of alien language. And again, it's, it's a kind of accurate simulator of that. You slowly pick up a word here, a word there. But in the end, you then jump to the next system and it's a completely different set of aliens. Uh, now, that's not entirely fair, because there are only like three or four actual alien races, and so you keep encountering those from system to system. But if you jump from a system where you spent a long time doing as much as you can on one planet to learn a few words of that language, and then you warp to the next system and it's a completely different set of aliens, yeah, you got no idea. Start over again. Enjoy that. But there's no reason that you're exploring except to explore, which works for a little while. You know, I'll I'll be there on the planet and I'll be like, hey, that thing over there looks cool. I'll go check it out. And you go over there and you go, hey, this is cool. But what about that thing over there or that thing over there or that thing over there? And eventually you reach a point where you're like, you know what? I've landed on like 20 planets in a row tonight and I have uh, learned nothing. I've gained nothing. I got some credits. Whoopie, whoopie crap. I can buy a better ship, I guess. But there's no story. There's no real 
thing that they've written for you to truly explore or reach the end of. And in that way, it is open-ended. You can make of it the story you want, but man, you've got to do a lot of work to do that. And after, you know, a week or two of playing it, I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to play this anymore. If you're going to make a single-player game, you've got to make it compelling, and this one is not. Yeah, I totally agree. So that's that's my take on No Man's Sky. Uh, do I recommend anyone play it? Eh, if you can find it cheap, it's a nice way to waste, you know, a week or so. What about the people that, like, they bet the $100 on the special edition? Oh, I feel so bad for those people. I really, truly do. And what I don't quite understand, so, in this modern world we live in, every game spawns its own community. There are people who are online talking about the game, talking about uh, what they've seen and where they've gone and how to maximize your inventory slots and how to get to the biggest ship as fast as you can and what's at the center of the galaxy and beyond and all this stuff. All that stuff pops up automatically. The internet has brought us that. And there are people who, to this day, are, you know, and I, it's not like we're, like, years after No Man's Sky, but if you look at the, the play statistics, my god, has it dropped like a rock. There are people who are still really into it, and that's great. I love that they've found something that they like, and they've got a community of people they can connect with and talk to, and that's that's fabulous. It's just, I don't really see the the benefit, but the the developers of No Man's Sky. Uh, basically, since it's been released, uh, it's been crickets. That's it. You're not here. We haven't heard bupkis from the developers. So I'm pretty sure that No Man's Sky is going to be one of these things where it's going to be held up as a example of how the hype train is not something you want to get on. And it's going to be a really good example of why you don't pre-order games. And I gotta admit, you probably shouldn't pre-order games. Overall, I don't think that can ever end well. Um, you know, you need, and this is also, man, boy, this is a really, this is a really weird space I've just wandered into. This is why video game reviews from people you trust are so important because otherwise you are literally the, the beta tester every single time. You're going to plunk down 60 bucks and you're going to buy a game, not knowing whether it's actually something you're going to enjoy. So I'm going to call No Man's Sky a cautionary tale for that. That's what I'm going to say. That's fair. But hey, tell me about League. Tell me more about League. Um, I love it. It's a huge community. Sometimes, sometimes the communities are the worst people in the world. <laughs> so what's, let, let's just start with the elevator pitch for anybody who's been underneath a rock like myself and doesn't truly understand what the hell League is. What's League? What's League? Yeah, what's League? League is a, it's called a MOBA, which is Multiplayer Online Battle Arena. Okay. Um, essentially, it consists of five players on a team. There are a map that has three lanes, and the ar arena is a square. So you have one that's diagonal across from corner to corner, and the other two lanes go up the sides of a square. Sure. And so, and then there's a river that ca that crosses the other corner, so it kind of divides it in an X. Sorry about the dog; the wife's not home. Oh, no worry. It's Thor. Everybody, say hi to Thor, listeners. So there's that, and then anything that's not considered in a lane is called jungle. Called jungle. Hold on a second. We pause now as uh, Rich goes to talk to Thor, who, by the way, is very upset about something on Midgard, as far as I can tell. That could be. Who knows what he's upset about? 
So they're the jungle and that has all neutral creatures. And then so the, the meta, which um, is kind of unique to this game, there's uh, one player in the, in the top lane, one player in the mid lane, and then one player, uh, then two players in the bottom lane. One's the damage and one's solely there to support him. Mm-hmm. And the fifth player is called the jungler. He roams the jungle getting buffs in the neutral camps and then helping out his lanes. And then you kill minions to get gold to buy items to level up to be stronger than your opponent. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to take the turrets, which there's three in every lane, and then eventually take down the nexus. Or get your team to surrender at 20 minutes, whatever. 13 to surrender. Huh. So there's an opposing team, right? Yeah. Who's doing the same thing, but from yep. the other direction. Yep. Okay. And... You, you, how, how do you win? Destroying the Nexus. Okay, where's the Nexus? In the enemy, enemy's base. I see. So you've got to work your way to the enemy's base through one of these lanes. Yep. And so uh, let's say, let's say I'm in the mid lane, okay, and uh, they've got a dude in the mid lane, right? Yep. Can I defeat their dude? Can I kill their dude? Yeah, absolutely. You kill him. Yeah, but eventually he's going to um, he'll respawn. Gotcha. Um, like the death timers scale at the time of the game. I think the first um, within the first few minutes, death timers are like ten seconds. Oh, okay. So I could I could bum rush him and kill the dude, but then he's just going to pop up before I can get to his nexus. Well, yeah, because the way it works is, I mean, you have to kind of it's there's a lot of intricacies to it. Mm-hmm. Of like of managing your minion wave to get to take down because you have to take down their turret. Right. You can't take down the second turret without taking down the first turret, and the turrets will target you if you just walk past them and deal lots of damage. Gotcha. So yeah, so you can't just like walk past them willy nilly. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit into it, like in that aspect of it. Um, so yeah, you want to take down, and then they're also um, past the third turret. It's what's called an inhibitor. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take that down, it's, and I think it stays down for five minutes, you get super minions. So your minions are now stronger. So you're you're controlling a dude who's controlling other dudes. Yes, essentially. Okay. All right. So once once I've gotten, let's say I, I cleared my lane, I've taken out the turrets in my lane, and mm-hmm. I've I've taken out the dude who on their team, and now I'm headed for their nexus. Can their dudes in the other lanes fall back? Oh yeah, oh, yeah they can. Um, like, like how I said, the jungler um, comes the other lanes to help. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, like there's there's a mini map that kind of shows you where they, everyone is within a vision radius. Right. So if you can if you can't see your enemy, you gotta play safe because they could all of a sudden come behind you and then it's two v one. This feels a little bit to me, and I've never played League. I have to admit that this feels a little bit to me like uh, Starcraft. Except um, that's that, that's it's kind of the, that's the perspective that's the perspective you're looking at it through, right? Uh, ex- except where in StarCraft you kind of start in one place and you build and you expand and you build and you expand. It's like if StarCraft had had roads like avenues that you had to go down. Well, um, League of Legends is the entire mobile concept was created by developers who created Dota, okay, uh, which is Defense of the Ancients, which is a mod of Warcraft Three, huh? I did not know that it was a mod of Warcraft Three. Um, not Dota is the original. Yeah, Dota yeah, is. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's how it works. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, can you play League by yourself, or do you need other humans controlling the other players on your team? You'll always have other humans controlling. Well, you could play with bots, but the, the bots are really stupid. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes bots. I mean, it, and like because the bots I mean they're a program. 
Yeah. And you can just beat the program. Right. Right. So, I mean, so that's kind of, that's works that way, I guess. Uh huh. Um, because if you look at it with most of the, the way the games work, you play with other people to get the best experience and they're not always going to be the nicest people. No, no, they certainly aren't. Some of them are great. Some of them are, oof, good God. Uh, do you have like a voice chat? No, thank God. A lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people really want it. I do not want it. So I I assume that people who do get together and play this online, like with their friends, they use like Ventrilo or uh, uh, God. What are some of the other like some some online voice chat third party applications yeah. too? Yep. Uh, Vent, let's say, I think is one of them. Uh, anyway, so so can you can you like control who you're with? Can you all like go to a lobby together and it's like yeah. hey, these are my four friends, or is it oh, always your yeah, match? Randomly? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 you you can play with your friends, right? So yeah, you can do that, but most of the time you're gonna just queue up, and it's gonna be you, kind of by yourself, right? And uh, do you have, uh, do you have a group that you play with? Do you have like a, a clan yeah. or? Yep, yeah, I have a group of friends that I like to play with. All right, so it, it, would you say that uh, for you, just out of curiosity, um, is the greatest part, the greatest enjoyment that you get from the game? Is it the game itself, or is it that you're playing with friends? Um, I guess, I mean, I would have to probably say the game itself strictly because I do play, I play with probably more with my, by myself than others. Uh-huh. Because um, it's just hard, you know, I work a real job, and a lot of my friends who play League don't have the full-time, you know, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Yeah. So it makes it a little bit harder. It can be really hard. And uh, listeners, some of you are young, some of you are in college, or maybe even high school, who knows? Uh, man, does it get hard to carve out time for games. Uh, we speak from experience. Uh, working, yeah. working in a family life, they really cut into your video game time. They're rewarding God, they in their own way, in that you have uh, f- money for food and for a house, and you have loved ones who care for you. But at the same time, they do cut into video games, absolutely. So, uh, all of, believe it or not, where I really wanted to get to, the game that I actually want to talk about, we haven't even mentioned yet, listeners. But I guess I just want one more thing on um, League. Yeah, is League is so big and the community is so huge and the professional scene is extremely large with League, which makes the game more entertaining. Right. And the company that makes it is Riot Games, and everyone always joked there's no reason for the S because they just make League, <laughs> which is, which is um, up until a month ago was a hundred percent true. Like yeah. all their. As far as we knew, all their focus, everything they worked on, all their time was League of Legends. Because it's huge. It's what makes them money. The, um, they're predicted to make like $1.5 billion this year. How do they make money? Um, being the game is free to play. They do make a lot of money. Um, you can spend mo- your money on Riot Points. And the Riot Points can let you buy champions before you use... Inf- There's IP and RP, Riot Points and Influence Points. Mm-hmm. You get Influence Points by um, playing the game. Yep. And then you can spend those on champions, or you can spend those on runes, mm-hmm. and, a, and a few other small, smaller things. Um, you can spend RP on ru- on champions or skins, which is 100% purely aesthetic, change the look of your champion, and change, some of them change the how their spells look. Right. But let me tell you, they put a, for them to make that money, it means they put a lot of effort into these skins, and let me tell you, they put a lot of effort into these skins. Yeah. 
because I mean, I, I, I don't want like people have asked, would you want to know how much money you spent on league? And I don't. No, no, goodness, no. I mean, because some of their skins are just go- like you never think about like how much money they actually cost, but if you do it, like some of the skins actually cost like twenty dollars. Yeah, hey, remind me about skins when we get to the uh, the game I actually wanted to talk about tonight. Remind me okay. about that <laughs> later on. Yeah. So I know just the, the community and with the professional scene is what keeps league going and it keeps mm-hmm. it really interesting. Yeah. Um, because they they they're constantly balancing the game, and there's almost they're getting close to 200 champions. I don't know the actual number right now. Wow, I that's have in, no that's, idea. That's individual characters, right? And and you, some of them, you know, they created, you know, when the game came out in 2008. Uh, is is there a storyline? No, they have some lore that they work in, but they con- they're constantly changing the lore to kind of make it fit as the newer design. So they it's like a comic book that's constantly retconned. <laughs> oh, that's actually a really good analogy. I like that. So, uh, but the big what point was I making? Oh, I'm sorry, I derailed you. Uh, 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 skins, uh, making money, not knowing how much money you've spent. Any of this ringing a bell? Oh, um, they're con- they take old champions, like the ones that like they made from the start. Yeah, and they're constantly updating their graphics. They're re- like, okay, their kit worked eight years ago. It doesn't make sense now because he's either super weak. And by kit, I mean the combination of their abilities and spells. Sure. Um, all that, like, it doesn't make sense anymore. It's weak now. It's like like that one guy had a one-second stun, and back then that was a lot, but now it's not. So they completely revamp and update the character. Mm-hmm. They get new looks, new splash art. Some of their abilities completely change. Some are completely, like, almost scrapped and reworked from the beginning, keeping small elements of their old selves. Yeah. So I mean, the game is just constantly evolving, and I think that's one of the things I like about the game the most. Interesting. Uh, so no, no real storyline to speak of. Uh, do your choices matter? In other words, from game to game, uh, other than uh, gaining your currency to buy new champions or buy new skins or whatever it is, do your choices really matter from game to game? Absolutely. Like, um, there's champions that people they can it's called maining. Mm-hmm. It's like that's who you main. You can play that. Like I play the same champions, some of them like hundreds of games, probably close to hundreds of games, and every game is always different because you're playing against someone different. Someone plays a different, cha- the same, the same champion you played against different. Skill levels are different. The way that the, I mean, there's some RNG in the game. Every game is different, so it's never the same. Okay, uh, but w- would you say that the same things that matter to you in a single player game do those same things matter in League? No. Why not? Um, cause I'm not, I'm not playing by myself. Um, there's something else to immerse me in the game. Gotcha. And they don't really hide that there's no story. Right. I mean, they kind of, they give us lore, but it's not like we're playing this side of the war and this, this game is going to make an impact. Uh-huh. They don't lie. They don't lie about it. You, they, they know what the game is and they pretty much, you know what the game is. Yeah. You know what you're getting into. Yeah. So there's no story. It's all about the gameplay. It's all about the teamwork. It's all about trying to, you know, be better than the other team. It's a comp- I mean, for me, it's purely driven by competition, and one-player games just don't drive competition. Yeah. Okay, so the game I really want to talk about, and the thing that made me want to do a show tonight about video games in general, uh, I want to talk about Destiny. So, oh, long-time just... listeners will know that uh, I am a Destiny player. I have played since the beta. I'm still playing to this day. In fact, when I hang up from this call, I'm going to go play Destiny. That I'll admit that to you right now. Now I know you had some experiences with Destiny early on. You you no longer play. I also played in the beta. Tell and I me, played, I played as soon as it came out. 
tell me about your Destiny experiences. What was your impression of the game, and why did you stop? I, there's um, about three reasons why I stopped playing. The first one is I felt lied to. Okay. Because they advertised in the commercials, they made it look like this isn't just a first-person shooter game. This is like an MMO. There is like the the warlock class, which is supposed to be like a mage class, and all this stuff. But it it wasn't. It was a. I didn't. I mean, granted, I didn't play super far to get, to get into the differences between the classes. Sure. But I didn't feel like there was a difference. I didn't feel like a, a warlock or a mage or whatever you want to call it. I just felt like I was running around shooting stuff. Okay. Second reason is that it didn't feel like you could really play by yourself if you wanted to. You had to play with people, and if your friends weren't online, you had to play with strangers, and sometimes they are already playing, or you just couldn't group up. And it just felt I couldn't play any way I wanted to. It had like I have to wait for someone to be online. Sure. And the third reason is it was a ridiculous amount of grinding for a first-person shooter game, and I don't want to grind a first-person shooter game. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's changed because I've seen some of the adverts now and it looks like, you know, they're wielding hammers and axes and fire bows and arrows and you see real magic and stuff. And I don't know if that's how it looks or if it's more advert, but it's that see that what it, those commercials look like what I thought the game was going to be. And I still don't know what the game looks like because I thought when I see this, I'm like, that's what I wanted. Maybe I should get back into it. I just like, you know what? No, because I don't think that's what it's going to be. Right. And then I would still have to grind the crap out of the game. So would you say that, <clears throat> as far as Destiny is concerned, your expectations were violated? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, the way, I mean, they even said we're not just a first-person shooter game. You know, we're a first-person shooter MMO. That really didn't feel like the case at all. Plus, also, they, they, they try to lie to me and tell me there's a story. <laughs> I should have expected it because I right. played WoW. I know what kind of story to expect in an MMO. Mm-hmm. Outside of the Old Republic. Because that was almost more story than MMO. They shouldn't have even made it an MMO. They should have MMO. They should have left it an individual game with story. But yeah, that's, that's here or there. So uh, I I was also a beta player, um, and here is how I came to Destiny. So first of all, I came to Destiny with zero expectations. I knew that there was a game. The game was called Destiny. I knew that it involved shooting things. That was pretty much everything I knew when I came to the game. Uh, there was an online publication that was running a uh, like contest that was like, hey, retweet this for a chance to win a beta code. And I'm like, hey, I've heard of this. Uh, there's there's some buzz around it. I'll retweet that. And I won. I got a beta code. And Yay. so I started playing the beta. And Destiny was... I don't want to say that it was unlike anything I had experienced up to that point, but it was... One of the few first-person shooters... I, I came from a, a PC game background, okay? Back in the day, I was a PC gamer, and I was on the grind of buying new hardware and building my own computers and upgrading my video card as often as I could, and... Ah, uh, chumps. Yeah, I used, to, I used to do that. And me and a bunch of friends used to get together on the weekends, and we'd have LAN parties where we'd all drag our, our big you know, desktop computers and giant CRT monitors. We'd drag them over to somebody's basement and we'd play for hours and hours and hours calling each other horrible, horrible names. Uh, and it was great. Absolutely loved it. But then most of those friends, uh, you know, graduated or moved on or got jobs or got married or all of the above. And slowly that started to go away. And eventually I got tired of upgrading. I know this is kind of a roundabout way to explain how I play Destiny. But eventually I got tired of upgrading and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start playing console games. But most first-person shooters on a console feel terrible. 
like the controls are awful because I was used to keyboard and mouse. See, I, I'm vice versa because I was console most of my life. I don't like it on keyboard and mouse. I don't know how to play it. I don't understand. Yeah, I I'd grown up with it. I'd gotten used to it. I I'm not going to say I was great at it, but I was I was pre, I was okay at it. But it was what I was comfortable with. And the sluggish controls of a, a joystick of a of a gamepad, I should say, that just didn't really do it for me for most first person shooters until Destiny came along. And I'm not going to say they've perfected first person gaming because they certainly haven't. There are always advances to be made. But it was such a tight first-person shooter it felt right and the controls that, were good. that immediately captivated me uh the graphics were good the soundtrack oh my god the soundtrack was so that. good that first opening song on the original load screen the original welcome screen man it was so amazing you felt like you were part of something big something important and I played the beta, and I played the hell out of the beta. Oh, man, I just, it, every it was, waking moment. I did, too. And the thing, here's the thing, is I've played a lot of betas in my time. I know they're not complete. They're the beta. Yeah. Um, And that's the justification I made for Destiny, was it's the beta. Right. It, the real game's going to be better. It honestly didn't feel much different than the beta. To me, it felt incomplete still. And I, I think there's reasons for that, and, and we'll come to it, but I need to tell a little bit more of this tale to set some things up for later. Sounds uh, good. During the beta, I ran into a couple of guys in the tower. I didn't know them. I'd, I'd never met them. But we kind of started chatting, because there, there were ways to actually create like a, a party that you could chat in. And we did that. And uh, they were just two random guys that I just met. They were named Pirate Monkey and Shanshu. And uh, we played the beta together, and we started to uh, play the campaign. Uh, well, what there was of the campaign. I mean, the, it, it was it was the beta, so the campaign wasn't super long, but we played through it together, and it was absolutely amazing because because here was a game on a console that I could play cooperatively with other players. It wasn't just PvP. It wasn't just these guys are on my team in PvP, but we could cooperatively play through the storyline, even though there wasn't a huge storyline to play through. And that was amazing to me. And these guys, these two randos who I met, uh, we kind of became friends, not like super deep friends. I'm inviting them to, you know, my anniversary party or anything, but I mean, we play online and it was great. And then the actual game came out and I'm like, I really enjoyed the beta. I'm getting the actual game. And I started playing the actual game, and I kept meeting up. You know, I'd play through the storyline by myself, but I would occasionally meet up with these two guys who I had met. And eventually they joined a Destiny clan. Uh, and that Destiny clan, I joined with them, and now I met like ten people that I could play online with. And it meant that pretty much no matter when I played, there was at least one person online, or if I wanted to play, I could just say, hey, I'm going to be on tomorrow at like 10, you, you're going to be here, we can play through that story mission. And it was great, it was absolutely great. And the thing is, Bungie, the folks who made Destiny, they have said straight up, we meant Destiny to be a game for groups like that, for clans. It was meant that way from the very beginning. You can play it as a single person, not associated with anybody else for any reason, but you're missing out on what Destiny really is. And I think that that is absolutely positively the case. More on that later. 
Uh, but anyway, I, I played through that clan, eventually fell apart, and we joined a new clan, but I'm definitely in a, a Destiny clan called Infinite Revives. We, uh, we, we debated a long time on that name, but I've, I've met a big group of friends. I literally have friends that I have never met in person that I have spent hours and hours and hours with. I could probably look up right now how much time I've spent on Destiny, and I don't think I would like that number. Because I have played since the beta, and I've played every expansion since then. No one wants those numbers. And the game has grown, and it's thrived, and it is not without its faults. The grinding, oh my god, the grinding in year one was awful. And the grinding in... Because we're in year three now, right? The grinding in... We are. We are absolutely in year three. The grinding, and that's kind of what brought me to want to talk about this, because it's been a part of my life for three damn years, and it's not something we've really addressed. Uh, the grinding in year two, like, uh, getting materials to upgrade stuff, oh my god, that was awful. Absolutely awful. But they've, they've learned, okay? They still make some of the same mistakes, but they've learned, and some of the grind is gone, okay? Uh, in fact, a lot of the grind is gone. It's much, much easier to level your character up. Way easier to do it now. Uh, particularly if you've got a group to play with, which, again, I think is the key to success in Destiny. What really dictates whether you love Destiny or whether it, you're just kind of, you know, blah to Destiny is if you have a group to play with. If you don't, it is a completely different experience. And, and it's lonely because, and again, there's no real compelling storyline. There's a storyline, but not much of it. Most of the story isn't in the game. Most of the story is in this thing called the Grimoire, which is outside of the game. You'll, you'll pick up an item or you'll complete a mission, it'll say Grimoire card acquired, and you have to go to an external website to log in and read all this stuff about the backstory. You have to work to find the story in this game. And the early, though, they tried to make you feel like with the, the ghost and Peter Dinklage, they tried early. Yeah, I, just, I, I miss Peter Dinklage because they, they replaced him with uh, Nolan North as uh, the voice of the ghost, which is fine. He's he's fine. I heard Peter Dinklage wanted out because he didn't want to keep going for expansions or something. Yeah, I, I think they, they probably got priced out of Peter Dinklage, but I do miss him. Um, so, Peter Dinklage, if you're listening, first of all, I'm shocked. I have no idea how you found this podcast. And second of all, I really miss you as the ghost. Oh, and Destiny, a Bungie. Bungie, if you're listening, I will pay you good money to get me a voice pack of Christopher Walken as the ghost. I will give you $20. And I know every member of my clan will also give you $20 to do that. So get us the Christopher Walken ghost. That's all we're asking. I would say it's not much, but it's, yeah, it's a lot. I, I freely admit that. I'm sure Walken's not cheap for yeah, anything. Probably not. But it would be so amazing. To, just picture it. Anybody who plays Destiny, you know what I'm talking about. Christopher Walken is telling you that you've woken the hive. That's what you want. You know you want that. You, you've woken the hive. <laughs> exactly. It would be great. It would be so great. Uh, anyway, so uh, the, the way Destiny succeeds, the way it is a great game, is the community, are the bonds that you forge with the people that you play with. And I mean, Destiny has made it to the point where it's, it basically has, has two branches, and you can ignore either branch if you want to. You can treat it simply as a really tight PvP powerhouse. You can just play in the Crucible against other Guardians, killing one another all the time, and you can do that. And even within that, you can have different play styles. And here's the thing that I think has gotten better. 
uh, the Hunter versus the Titan versus the Warlock, those play styles have separated a bit over time. They, they were pretty close to one another in the early days, but uh, their abilities, their supers are so different. Their jumps are different. Uh, you know, there, there's there's certain the feel of the character is very different. Well, I mean, I feel they had to because when I started playing, they were so similar. Like we played together for a while, and I saw I thought you were a ranger or whatever the other one is, but you were a warlock. I had no idea. Yeah, totally a warlock. Warlock for life, man. So it's just. They had to separate it. I just wasn't willing to wait. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. It's absolutely this is this is a fair criticism of uh, of of the game. I I admit, uh, but it has gotten better over the three years. Now about the storyline, incidentally, uh, the uh, the story as I understand it was completely scrapped like eight months before the game shipped. Like, it had been in development for years, and they decided with eight months to go, yeah, no, we're, we're completely scrapping this. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do something else. And that's why so much of the story is just missing from the game. That's why if you play the original vanilla Destiny with none of the expansions, that it really feels like half of a storyline was written and that we'll never know what was going on. And I mean, to this day, we have questions that we have not answered. That we would really like to know who's the stranger. I really want to know who the stranger is. I want to know why her gun is so bad. I want to know who she was talking to. I, I need to know these things. Uh, what exactly is the traveler? We still don't know that. Could the speaker really tell us stories of times when we were much more powerful? I don't think he can. I think he was lying. And there are like twelve people who think that that was really funny. Uh, but but there you go. But I I think the thing that destiny, the thing that keeps it going, the thing that keeps it going for me. And for the people in in my my play group is really the the people. So if if you'll indulge me, will you indulge me, Rich? Never. Yeah, okay, I edit. So yes, you will indulge me. <laughs> um, I I asked the members of my play group uh, why they play, and I I want to read uh, at least one, uh, maybe two of these. Okay, so one of my one of my buddies who shall remain nameless, but he knows who he is. Uh, is so, Rando one? Uh, yeah, we'll call him Rando One. It's it's not, but uh, so he says the following because I I just asked the open ended question: Why do you still play? What is it that you get out of Destiny? Uh, so he says the following: In the beginning of Destiny, I just played because it's fun, it's beautiful, and talking to friends is always entertaining. Entering year three, it's completely different. There's such a camaraderie between all of us now. In a lot of ways, Destiny is an escape. After a day of being an employee, a father, a husband, and a friend, I need the night of being a guardian and a hero. Before kids, I had tons of hobbies and tons of time. My wife works nights, so I tend to my children's needs until they go to bed. I quickly tidy my kitchen and get the dishwasher going, pour myself a drink, and punch out of the daily struggle and put on my headset and plug into the universe of Destiny. Chasing the proverbial carrot in Destiny is okay, but it doesn't even come close to how I feel about fighting the good fight with like-minded people who I would consider some of my best friends. Daily life makes it so hard to keep in touch with close friends. Destiny has brought me thousands of... I'm um, sorry, hold on, I had to, had to scroll. Uh, 
Destiny has brought me thousands of hours of laughter and joy. Sure, there are struggles, but I never wage this war alone. I am invested into a real group of people that I make plans in the real world to spend time with. I know I tend to ramble on a bit uh, about, uh, about it, but the truth of the matter is, Guardians' lives matter. If it wasn't for the friends I've made, then Destiny would be long dead. There will always be another carrot to chase, but we will all chase it together. And that pretty much sums up, to a person, the kinds of responses I got from the people I play with. It's, it's the people that brings us back. The game is fun, yes. Uh, the, the, the game play itself is compelling. Finding new stuff, getting new guns, getting new skins, uh, having a new raid, all of that is cool. But it's really the people that we're with that actually makes the game possible. And I, I absolutely 100% agree that that's why something like Destiny succeeds so well. Why it still has a thriving community. I mean, you can go and look at uh, Reddit uh, slash r slash Destiny the game and see how many people are on there constantly. Why are you sending people to the worst place in the world? Uh, no, okay, look. There are parts of Reddit you should not go to. I freely admit that. But think, Most of Reddit? Think of Reddit like the internet. There are parts of it that are useful and interesting, and there are parts of it that are absolutely horrible and you should never go there. But they're probably the same, it's probably part of the same subreddit, though. That's the problem. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to say that you're absolutely wrong. I'm just going to say that there, there are some parts of Reddit that have some useful communities. I mean, I'm not going to do because I go to Reddit every single day. Yeah, me too. But uh, it's, I mean, it is like some of the, I mean, if, if Reddit was a real place, it would be hell. Uh, yeah, the authorities would be called in routinely if Destiny were real. Or if, uh, Reddit were a real place, but the Destiny subreddit is pretty good overall. Overall, it's yeah. still got its fair share. Leagues is pretty decent. Yeah, but you know that's that's really what what does it. It's the friends. You know, you know this group. Uh, we're we're such good friends. We've had so much good time together. One of them uh, recently moved from Texas to Chicago for work. He, he moved because of his job. Uh, we all got together and had a party at his house when he came up, and that was the first time most of us had ever met in real life. And uh, cool. we went and hung out at his place for the weekend, and we played some Destiny, and uh, we we had some great food and some drinks and some laughs, and it was a blast. It was absolutely amazing. And if you had told me three years ago when I won this beta code that one day I would drive to Chicago to hang out for the weekend with a bunch of guys I play with, I would have told you you're a liar. There's absolutely no way I'm doing that. But it was great, and it was amazing, and it and it brings me back night after night, and and week after week, and literally year after year, that we we occasionally get new people into the group, and uh, you know we bring them up, we help them polish their skills in PvP or PVE. I'm not much of a PvP player. I I don't care for that. I'd rather play cooperatively than uh, get owned by some twelve year old with a shotgun, because I'm gonna get owned by some twelve year old with a shotgun. Uh, or a sniper rifle, one of the two. Either way, it's not going to go well for me. I didn't realize you were playing Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, any uh, any PvP thing eventually degenerates into Call of Duty, uh, which is not really my thing. But I, I think that Destiny's... Most of the criticisms of Destiny early on really boiled down to, you said this was going to be an FPS MMO, and it's not. And it's not. There's there's not nearly the MMO-ish bits to it. Uh, and so something that kind of worries me, so uh, 
we've had essentially the last major expansion for Destiny. Now they are working on Destiny 2. And I'm a little worried that when Destiny 2 comes, that they're going to nuke the world. Because they might. They, there have been hints that they're just going to reboot. They're just going to start over. And, I believe it. And even though literally none of the choices I have made in the storyline matter, I feel an emotional connection to my warlock. He was the first character I made. He is the first character I take through all of the new content. I mean, I later take my Titan and my Hunter through as well, because I have three characters, but I don't care about my Hunter and my Titan. You can you can go ahead and wipe them, but if you wipe my Warlock, I, I feel like I've lost something. I've lost a piece of me. I've lost something that I have invested so many hours into that I'm afraid to look at how many hours I've invested. I feel, and some companies do this, and I don't know what Bungie will or how their planning is, that some play, like they give you something for your like time spent. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, um, because Final Fantasy XI did the very same thing when Final Fantasy XIV was coming out. Um, they literally nuked the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they showed like an eight-minute clip of the world being destroyed. Right. So I don't know what I don't know what if or if they gave the player something. I believe they did. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Um... So um, so this kind of how do you feel about that when their game ends and they shut down their servers? How do you how does outside of that? Okay, you your emotional attachment to your character. How does that make you feel about all the money and the time you spent to a game that you can't? And like, not even that you can't. Like it's over. It's done. You literally can't spend any more time on the game. Yeah, that is that is something that I do worry about. Um, I'm hopeful that I'll have something to replace it. Maybe Destiny 2 is where we'll make the transition. We we tried to get into the Division when it came out. And I was I was worried when the Division came out. I'm like, oh, crap. We're going to... The clan is going to break up. We're going to lose our Destiny gaming group. Half of us are going to end up in the Division. So I guess I better buy the Division. We played it for like two weeks. And now we don't play it at all. We just came right back to Destiny. No one plays it all. But you're right. There will come a day when those servers are turned off. And I honestly don't know what will take the place of Destiny when that happens. And I guess my question wasn't more of, like, what will you do? It's more of how do you feel about a game that you, like, let's let's say World of Warcraft. Let's take an example. Like, my friend, he told me some of the hours in days, like, days. They give you calculation in days uh-huh. that you played the game. And I don't even remember his number, but he's been playing a lot since high school. And he's like 27 now so he's been out of high school for a while yeah and eventually wow will shut off right it's it's just an eventuality there's no way they can't i mean all that time money effort what all of it I mean, mostly i'm looking at time and a little bit money but mostly time because you most likely got your money's worth oh god yes so i'm going to go with the t- time and effort that you like honestly almost nothing to show for and you can't go back it's not like the i beat final fantasy 7 I can go back and play it again. Right. Can't do that. Well, to a certain extent, it's not that I don't have anything to show for it, because I do. If you go well, and you look at my PlayStation friends list, I have all of them. Okay, I mean, I, I understand that, but I mean, do you, do you understand the point I'm trying oh, to Oh, no, 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 I see where you're going. I mean, this actually, uh, to go a step down from that, not quite that high level, but to go a step down from that, when I first bought the game, I bought the physical disc, and I have no idea why I did that. Because to this day, three years later, if I want to play, I have to put the disc in. Because I didn't buy it digitally. Because at the time, I objected to the idea that I didn't really own a game. I owned a copy of it from the cloud. 
Except that it really doesn't matter if I have the physical disc because without the servers, I can't play. So right. I regret that decision. It, it, it was dumb, right? Uh, but you're, you're right. It's, it's an experience that it, it's a game that only exists at the whim of the servers. And for that matter, occasionally the servers go down if they're down for mm -hmm. maintenance or a DDoS or, uh, you know, something happens and I can't play and it's very frustrating. Like, I mean, cause like I have the same thing with league and to me, like I don't have, well, that's not true. I do have emotional connections to some of the champions I play. Um, but it, like for me, like when they're done and they shut league down for whatever reason, mm -hmm. I mean, one, I, I don't know what I will do. My wife will be thrilled. Um, but I, the M, there's like I this have this feeling of oncoming emptiness of what do I do? An existential dread. Yeah. Yeah, I I try not to think about it to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah. Did we cover your destiny point? Because there's, I know. Oh, I was going to talk about. Game. I was going to talk about skins. There was, there was one thing that I wanted to talk oh, about. Oh yeah, go ahead. About Let's skins. Go yeah, so uh, Destiny introduced microtransactions about a year ago, and everyone said, "Oh God, this is going to kill Destiny. This is going to kill Destiny." Uh, truthfully, it, it, it's actually helping to keep Destiny alive. So it's okay that we throw mm -hmm. five or ten bucks at it now and then. That's why people like complain about microtrans. It keeps the game going. I mean, yeah, like. Just again, League. League would not be around still, I don't think, unless, you know, the fact that they make almost a billion, to, over a billion dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, if, you, microtrans. if you think about it, uh, take all the players in year one. By definition, you're going to have fewer players in year two. And yeah. you're going to have fewer players in year three. The number yeah. of new players coming in is never going to exceed that initial rush. No. Well, in, like, Destiny, no. And League, I think, Yes. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, but I'm 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 approaching things from the the destiny side here. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, I, I, that's fair. Even as they add expansions, I know a lot of people who they like played till X expansion, and they're like, "Look, I just don't have time for this anymore. I'm not going to buy the next expansion." That revenue stream is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So they had to do something to to keep mm -hmm. the game going. And so microtransactions are okay. There's a thing going on right now called the Festival of the Lost. It's their Halloween celebration that they have every year. And there are items that you get a chance to get. You get like a random drop that could have one of these items that you want to get that's associated with it. Or you can pay money to get a box that gets you another chance at getting those things. I'm actually thinking of throwing money at them because one of the things they have, and this is so effing cool. You know your ghost? That little like cube looking thing that you pull out? Mm -hmm. They have a ghost ghost. He's wearing a little, <laughs> a little white sheet with a hole cut in it so he can see out. Hilarious. I want the ghost ghost so badly. I'm thinking about throwing actual real money at them to try and get it. And that's saying a lot because when I first bought Destiny and when they first introduced microtransactions, I'm like, absolutely not. There is no way I'm paying you money for a game I've already paid money for, for a thing that doesn't do anything special except look cool. That's what I said about Le like League. Like, it's free. Why would I pay money? Yeah. Oh, how dumb I was. They just had to make something that looked cool enough, and oh, crap, they've looked, made something that looks cool enough. Uh, what, what League recently did yeah, um, is they took um, a mage character, uh -huh. and they gave her a Sailor Moon outfit. You're kidding me. D no. That sold and, like hotcakes, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. It looked, one, it looked gorgeous. They called it Star Guardian Lux, and uh -huh. it looked beautiful. Her ultimate, which is that one's like their super ability, hers yeah. is a giant laser. 
Okay. You know, it's like like it's like real light. It's like a little bit of, like a, the rainbow spectrum. It's like a real light, not just like a white beam. Yeah. Well, now it is pink beam covered in stars, and it looks amazing. That is awesome. And it sold like hotcakes. So you know what they did? Huh. They made four more. Of course. And they made a whole event on it. They wrote little like a little tiny backstory. Like it's like I told I, I tweeted right like make a comic. People will buy this. Like you've already set it up. Because they made four more and it, they look great. I mean, that's just the things like that's how I get that's how I get sucked into spending money. Okay, well, um, this has been a random walk through video games, which it fits the show's name, I guess. Uh, Very true. In um, way. just since we're Dark Destiny, there was one more um, single player game that I play because sure. of the story. And it's like Final Fantasy. Um, I, it's called the Tales series. Mm-hmm. Um, because every game starts with Tales of, and then like oh yeah. Have you played those? I haven't, but I know of them. Um, they are so fantastic. Because for me, the thing about a game is I hate finishing some of them because like, the story's so good. Uh-huh. And this, these games are so long and they get so much character development that it's and there's so much to do in them. Oh, they're, they're so good. I highly recommend playing the Tales series. I believe they're made by Namco. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorites are Tales of Asperia, Tales of the Abyss. And oh, I'm forgetting one, and it bugs me that I can't remember its name. But they have a new one coming out, and they just had one released last year, and they're just fantastic games. All right. So that is a big recommendation. And like, there are like the game mode. If you set the game mode to easy, you can set all the characters to be auto. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, I know people who do that just because they want to go through the story. Uh-huh. They, they auto awesome. all the battles. They just want to go through the story. Yeah. So I don't highly recommend that because com- most of the time the combat system's fun. A couple of the games, like they have two studios that make them, mm-hmm. and you can kind of tell which ones that make them because some of them kind of like one of them they tried a new combat system and it sucked, and that actually ruined a game. That is one of the times where the story could not save a subpar combat system. Yeah, way too frustrating. Well, they they limited your actions to like like four actions mm-hmm. and then some of the stronger skills would take up two actions. So they can only take three actions before your time recharged. Yeah. I don't know if they try to make you feel like a more normal, but then less hack and slash. I don't know, but I didn't like it. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, that was our random walk through, uh, some video games, things. I, I really just wanted a chance to, uh, gush a little bit about destiny and why it's occupied such a great deal of my time. Uh, hey, listeners, if there's a video game you want us to talk about in depth that maybe we've played, maybe we mentioned, maybe we tangentially mentioned, maybe you want to tell us how wrong we are about all the things that we just said, and that storyline doesn't matter, and communities don't matter, and uh, we're dumb, and you're going to kill us with uh, a sniper rifle in the Crucible. If you want to tell us these things, you can. Are we on Reddit? Uh, we're not on Reddit. Oh, because that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, we can go to Reddit and simulate that if you'd like. If you if you just want to send us a link to a subreddit where we're supposed to go to make us feel bad, we're not going to follow that. I'm just putting it out there. I, I don't trust your Reddit links, Internet. You you fooled me one too many times. I will be over here at r slash awe, and that's just fine. Uh, but if you want to reach us, you can. Uh, you can tweet at us. We're at random discard on the Twitters. Uh, you can email us. We are randomdiscardcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website. It is randomdiscard.com. Uh, you can reach me directly if, if you're like, hey, that rich guy was fine, but clues, I got a bone to pick with you. Yeah, you can do that. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. 
I feel like that's opposite of how it normally goes. Uh, and no. I actually had something I was going to tell wanted to tell Clues live on air. Uh-oh. Uh, I'm going to be a dad. You are? I am. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. To two. I'm going to we are having twins. Oh man. Double yeah. the double the fun. Let's yeah, see. we'll go with we'll go with that. All right. Well, that's spectacular. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. So, they're due in April, so there might be delays in our recording in April. Uh that could happen and that is just um, fine. So, we'll see what happens. We don't know yet. Um she is 15 weeks along. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um and we just found a daycare. So, we're actually a little bit ahead of the schedule and that's taken a ridiculous amount of stress off us. Oh, good. Good. I well, mean, that is great. Yeah, tell tell your wife congrats. That is I will. that is spectacular. Hey, Thank listen, you. everybody. His Twitter handle is uh, uh, Mind Mage. The A in Mage is a four. Everybody, tweet congratulations to Rich because that's just spectacular. It is. We we've been we've been actually trying for a long time, so it's we're real happy. And it's kind of nice because we're getting two at once. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so it's really nice. Uh, we're we're super excited. And um, I don't care what my wife says. They're going to learn to play magic or some sort of trading card game. Oh, absolutely. She, yeah. she can't fight me on that. She's going to try. Oh, she'll try. She, she will, will try. Lose. She will She will lose. That is correct. We want to design. She wanted the nursery to be Disney theme. I'm like, Disney, huh? Hmm. So, so that means Star Wars and Marvel, right? And she's like, yeah. no. Oh, but so. Star Wars and Marvel. That's what I said. Well, we're not finding out the genders. Okay. So that is a surprise we will have. So we want gender neutral. And apparently, Spider Man is not gender neutral. What? Well, what about what about the Avengers? Let's let's get them in there. Okay, a little so, Captain America, Black this Widow is gonna action. Be a, this is gonna be a real side tangent because I'm not sure if we talked about this before, but I love Marvel. Marvel is by far my preferred like comic book company. Right there with you. And but they do not. They have never done females well. No. Like, no, in not. teams, yes, they've done great teams, but solo females, they've never done well. Like, DC is now marketing to girls with their Batgirls and their Harley uh-huh. Quinns yeah. and their Poison Ivies, these lions. They're great. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Right. Marvel does. Marvel can't do that. They don't have that. Their most popular female character right now is Black Widow, and you can't market her to children. Yeah, that's not really great for marketing. Uh... So I, that's just something that bugs me about Marvel. I wish they could do better because they have a line of heroes that they could do uh, it with. What about they the new just, Ms. Marvel? She's not she's not popular enough yet. Like they're they're already too mm. far behind. Well, go back in time and I'm gonna say early nineties She Hulk. Probably. I, I just think they've missed the point, and I think that's something that they need to try to do. I I, I think um getting the Jessica Jones on Netflix is a good start. Oh yeah. Because now, now people are becoming aware. And you can get her in a cartoon, and then you can start building off her. Right. And I think that's what they need to start doing. Um, they just, I mean, even in like Guardians, how great the Guardians is, Gamora is an assassin. I mean, you could try to cartoon her up, but she's an assassin. That's yeah, what she is. she is. Yeah. I mean, they, they, in the 90s, they had all the X-Men that they could go, but Marvel's stepping away from the hey, X-Men because hey, they hey, don't have... Rich? It's a whole new show. I, I was going to say, I, th- I think you're starting a new show. So let's, let's table that. Dis- We're going to come back to that discussion, though. Maybe not next time, but we'll, we'll come back to that discussion. That, yeah, that is a great discussion, I think. There is a fruitful area of discussion there. So, okay, folks, we're going we're gonna to let you go. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>